Welcome to Demystification, a bi-weekly podcast produced by the NC State Graduate School that looks to pull back the curtain on graduate education at NC State and beyond. Join Peter Harris, Dean of the Graduate School, as he talks with current graduate students, faculty, and alumni about their why, their research, and how they're navigating their graduate journey. In our first episode, we talked with Devesh, a PhD student in electrical engineering and president of the Graduate Student Association. Let's listen in. Okay, well, welcome to Demystification. This is a podcast we're doing where we try to give insights into graduate education. And today our guest is Devesh Hariharan, who is currently the president of the Graduate Student Association mm-hmm. and also a PhD student in electrical engineering. So Devesh, where we like to start these is really getting a little sense of your history, you know, mm-hmm. how, where did you come from, you know, and, and, yeah. and why are you here? Yeah, sure. So I, uh, so I grew up in India. I was born in like a small, uh, a smaller town, but I grew up in Chennai. Chennai is like, a, it's like the third largest city in India. Um, by population, it's bigger than New York. Uh, it's got 12 million people. Um, so I grew up um, in, in the middle of the city. It was, it was really fun. Um, and I went, uh, so from there I went to undergrad um, near where my grandparents lived. So every week I would go uh, hang out with my grandparents every weekend. Yeah, I would go hang out with them. Uh, better food than what the university was able to provide. <laughs> so, um, so I so I graduated from my undergrad in twenty eighteen, and I got into a master's at state um, that fall. So I, I came here uh, around that time, and uh, around and after working for a little bit, I decided I wanted to do a PhD and. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, thinking back to your time as an undergrad, at what point did you know, like, graduate school was, you know, was something you wanted to pursue and, mm-hmm. and you know, turned your crank? So um, there were actually uh, two reasons. Um, first was um, I had been, I had been uh, looking at uh, courses on, like, Coursera and, like, other platforms to um, to do more to, to figure out more things that I can learn and uh, one of the things that struck me at the time was uh, you know machine learning and like the uses of machine learning on like different fields and everything so I was like um, and I did my undergrad in electrical engineering and uh, and I felt like that I wanted to to start exploring more things and I I felt like a a job at the time would not have yielded the, the results that I wanted with in terms of what I wanted to learn. And so uh, that was around the my sophomore year of undergrad that I was like, all right, like this is something that I would like to see if, if like it's possible and like pursue and uh, and yeah, that was that's what I did. <laughs> so I just want a little definition from you. You know, we hear about machine learning all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think many people know what that actually means. You oh, know? So yeah. So what is machine learning? Yeah. So um, so machine learning is basically, um, to quote um, Andrew Yang, sorry Andrew uh, Andrew Ang, uh, he's the he's a professor from St- Stanford. Uh, it's it's getting a computer. It's it's like getting a program computer or a program to do something without explicitly telling you to do that. 
So, um, so it's like a way. It's like you're developing uh, mathematical models that can then be trained um, to do a specific task. Um, so machine learning, machine learning is not a new concept. It's been it's been around for a very long time. Uh, there, there have it's, it, it was a part of statistics, main, mainstream statistics for a very long time, and then uh, it wasn't. And like the concept of and like today, most people associate machine learning with neural networks and deep learning, uh, but that was not the case until quite recently. Um, and uh, so after after two thousand six or so, or seven, when like GPUs became more commonplace. Uh, that's when like this start, sort of just exploded. Like everybody was like into machine learning, and they were like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess being from the outside, it seems like a, you know I only heard about it during that explosion. But getting right. back to your history, you know, mm -hmm. how did you end up at NC State? Yeah, so I was um, so so one of the things, like I said, my my goal from the beginning was to do like uh, uh, was to like learn different things and figure out how what were. Uh, interesting aspects of, uh, of of like all the all the, the courses available and everything. So, I was looking. So my interest started uh, focusing more on uh, on robotics and you know applications for machine learning in in that. And um, so I looked at uh, several universities across. Uh, well, it's not just the U.S. I was looking at Canada and in in Europe and like and also in India uh, and. Uh, I was looking at uh, different labs that did uh, uh, different things. So there is a, a lab in Germany that does uh, robotics, that, that does like four, four leg robotics for um, getting, uh, getting these, uh, these machines to like go to like very obscure places and like, you know, potentially like even go to Mars and like, you know, uh, do some kind of scanning, like that kind of stuff, right? And uh, there's, there's like, uh, there's like, labs in, in on the west coast that that do uh, stuff like that and um, one of the reasons why I really uh, was looking at NC State was because I was looking at the lab that I'm working in uh, right now um, eco PRT uh, so our, we, we were doing we are doing uh, machine we were doing uh, self-driving vehicles like we're doing research on self-driving vehicles so <clears throat> I was looking at um, computer vision for um, for vehicles and uh, yeah, that was that was one of the that was one of the main attractions for me because, uh, yeah, I mean there aren't that many labs that do this. <laughs> Great, yeah. and you know, in terms of your experience, you know, especially coming from another country, mm -hmm. what has been the hardest thing about adjusting to graduate school? I mean, maybe from both sort of cultural perspectives as well as academic ones. Food. <laughs> food. <laughs> I mean, that's that jokes aside, but like, I mean, that, so that that definitely was one of those things. Um, the the weirder aspect of of things was in India, um, meat is expensive. Like people eat meat rarely because it's it's expensive, and like veg vegetables are very cheap, right? So it's it's more common for most people to eat vegetarian food most of their time, and then just eat meat occasionally and uh, when I when I moved here and uh, you know I would like go go to the grocery store with my with my roommate and uh, I, I, I was raised vegetarian so I would like you know 
I would I would see that my grocery bills were like more expensive than his for some reason. I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> I mean, um, I mean that's I mean that that aside. There's also like the aspect of uh, of learning. So there is a uh, in in India um, when it comes to um, education, there uh, it's not as liberal as it is here. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by liberal? So, so there is a power gap, right? Like in the sense that you, you know, it's like I, it's not very easy for you to approach a professor and like talk to them and like you know, it was it. There is like a, a, a gap, so to speak, right? And um, it, and like things were are a lot more rigid in terms of uh, in terms of how uh, courses were were built and like you know they and uh, it's like professors didn't have as much control over what the the way the courses were evaluated and and all of that so uh it, it was it was different it was it was uh it was it was very different and when i got here um you know it was a it, it took me a little bit of time to to adjust to um understanding like the different types of testing you know even uh in, in India, when I was in undergrad, we never really had like open book tests or like, uh, you know, stuff like that. It was always just like written tests and we were done. And like, we never had like, we, I mean, we would have like quizzes in class, but like they didn't really count for anything. Um, homeworks weren't really like a big deal, but like here it's like such a, it's, it's, a, it's a thing, right? Like you, you, if you, homeworks make a significant portion of your, uh, or of your grade and like, you know, there's stuff like that, you know? And, you know, thinking about your graduate career so far, what are the most important things that you've learned in graduate school? So I'm, I'm going to talk also from the perspective of uh, my work with student government, because um, I definitely call, I, I would definitely uh, associate that also as a part of uh, graduate education. At, yeah, sure. Right. Um, I mean... Be, I mean, just beyond the fact of like working in a lab and like understanding how research works in you know in and like the the different aspects involved with uh, with the, the whole scientific process in general, right? It's it's there's also the 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 work that you do uh, across disciplines, um, and being able like being at a university where there are so many different. Uh, there are different people that work on so many different things. Just makes it, it, it gives us like an opportunity to to really collaborate. Like right now, uh, I mean, at our lab, we are working with uh, a professor from uh, the psychology department to test uh, how the the interactions between humans and autonomous vehicles, and like, are there ways to make it more seamless? And like, I mean, this is not something that I would have like thought of, right? And it and the the larger aspect of grad school is the people that you meet you know um, almost everybody who's in grad school is like very very smart <laughs> and you you you're you are like you, you'll notice that when you talk to people right uh, and in a and like the the imposter syndrome is real <laughs> but it I think that is honestly the the greatest experience that I would call because 
Um, I mean, it's possible to to learn things from courses online, but but to be able to um, have a peer network that um, is supportive and that's uh, that's able like where you're actually able to like uh, have interesting discussions and and you know conversations. That's I think that's the the real value. How challenging has that been to have those during COVID, where things have been, you know, much less interactive, shall we say? I it was very very challenging. Like I'm I'm extremely extroverted. Um, I was luckier than most people in the sense that I was still working with student government and student government was still functioning, right? So I was still I was I, I at least had like some sort of an assemblance of, of, a, of an interaction with people from like, uh, yeah, just like people in general, right? During, because during COVID, our, our lab almost completely shut down. Like most of our work uh, usually happens with volunteers and like, you know, we, we, we usually have like 20, 30 people working in the lab every week. And uh, during COVID, it was just me and the other PhD students. <laughs> And it was, it was, it was, uh, it was very isolating and uh, frankly very hard. But yeah, no, I, it, yeah, that was that was really the the challenge to be able to to maintain uh, some sort of uh, contact with people. I mean, you've alluded to your research, which. Mm-hmm is on self-driving cars, or yeah. I guess if you're in engineering, you call them autonomous cool. vehicles, right? <laughs> yes. Um, you know, in terms of the research you've done so far, like what has been the coolest thing that you've, that you've you know, developed, encountered, um, oh, yeah. problem that you've solved? So, um, so ours is a more encompassing project where we have developed, we we've been developing a sort of a two-person pod uh, to supplement um, public transportations with so basically when uh, when buses are like so during the off peak hours buses run almost empty and uh, our goal was to minimize the the number of buses that would run like that and instead have a, a, a fully electric autonomous vehicle that could just be called on demand and uh, it could go pick someone up and like drop them off where they need to be without like and uh, so it would take less, significantly less. It would consume significantly less energy, and uh, is uh, would cost way less than running a bus over the, and because it's it's much more environmentally friendly and like you know, um, so we've had like we've we've been working on like um, several aspects of this uh, of this project. Uh, a part of that uh, was uh, developing machine learning based control systems uh, and then using machine learning for recognizing obstacles and like you know op- and and uh, just like actors on the road which means you know cars trucks uh, bicycles pedestrians all this stuff right and um, so the the coolest thing has been to just I mean the one of the best things I love about robotics is like you're not just coding you when you after you're done you can actually test it on something and to and to see that algorithm or whatever you've developed like working in front of you like being able to stop right in on its track when like when it sees that there's a pedestrian on the way or like when it sees that there's another car and like slow like just just being able to see that in like in 
in in in in person is just like amazing. It's a, it's a it's a rewarding experience. <laughs> How many crashes have you caused? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> one. <laughs> I have. <laughs> It, but thankfully, the vehicle just tipped over. It didn't crash into anything. <laughs> you know, thinking about specifically about NC State, how do you see like what you've, you know, learned here, the various networks that you've built, both mm -hmm. sort of academic as well as through the Graduate Student Association? Like, what do you see as ultimately the benefits of that for your long-term sort of career goals? Mm -hmm. I mean, um, so the people that I work with are, are are all like people that are doing their masters or their PhDs. Like these are people that are going to be professors. They're going to start their own companies. They're like it is a valuable network to have, right? Like, and uh, it's and I mean, and all of these people I have a personal relationship with, which means you know at some point in in the future when I when I start my own company, I would be able to like you know call on uh, people for like for like help and like you know just to like get into to, to places where it would be otherwise it would otherwise require more like I mean that that's the whole point of networking right people know who you are and people like and like that kind of like takes away the need for like that extensive interview whatever right like it's the it you, you yeah so it will be it will be very exciting I mean right now this is just a bunch of people that are students but in a few years they're all gonna be like doing amazing things and i think that's 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 when it really becomes significantly more valuable right yep i get that <laughs> um one of the questions we we often ask people is you know based on where you are now mm -hmm. like what would you tell your younger self you know maybe from 15 years ago that mm -hmm. you know that you've learned since then and you know, maybe you didn't get at that point, or you know, you mm -hmm. just didn't grasp elements of life. Um, there are so many things I would like to tell. <laughs> would your younger self listen? No, definitely not. <laughs> but what? Yeah, what would some of those be? I mean, we don't have. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I think the most significant of it would be to to like not. Uh, not just judge people quickly, uh -huh. you know, like, I mean, um, I guess like as a 15 year old, you're, you're like much less likely to, <laughs> to do that. But like, I, I mean, uh, but I think that is the most important thing because uh, I have met so many incredible people and uh, you wouldn't, you can't tell that they're like, they're, that they're doing amazing things and that they're doing like, they're like really smart with just like <laughs> looking at them, right? <laughs> It's, I think that would be the biggest, yeah, the it's biggest a life thing. lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, one more thing. Mm -hmm. What do you view your career trajectory as? Uh, I uh, am a, I'm sort of a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my really, really, uh, I've, I've had this goal for, for a while now. My, I've been... I mean, I've always wanted to start my own robotics company, but the goal eventually is to build a, a company that does research on um, robotics that can be used in in space. So, a little Elon. 
Now, I want to, so the, the, the biggest challenge humanity will face, uh, according to, from the Kardashev scale, right, is like moving, I mean, right now, at least, is from moving from a type zero to a type one, and from type one to a type two civilization. And uh, I want to build a Dyson sphere. Uh, I, I don't think it will happen by the time I'm, uh, you know, I'm dead, you know, but I, I want to be able to start the process. So like, eventually it will happen. Wow. That's yeah. a, an impressive goal. I guess it cars is, are a small part of that. It is. It is. Uh, the, some, some of the same research can be applied. And, um, and like, hopefully when I start my robotics company, I'm going to start fo- focusing more on like robotics that can be, that can be more versatile. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, Devesh, thanks a lot for your time. It's just been a pleasure talking to you and, Thank you and so hearing much. about your time here at NC State. And I, I, I'll, I'll look for your Dyson sphere at some point. Well, hopefully. <laughs> Take care. Thank you so much. Mystification, a bi-weekly podcast produced by the NC State Graduate School. A special thank you to today's guest and our Director of Marketing and Communication, Greg Hedgepath, for producing our show. Join Dean Peter Harris in two weeks as he talks with Provost Warwick Arden about his graduate education experience and resources that helped him during his time in graduate school.